0: Through Conversations, our goal is to share and explore mind-body paradigms to offer empowerment possibilities.
1: It was such a pleasure to be in conversation today with David Davis. David is a Rolf Structural Integration Practitioner and instructor recently relocated to Tucson, Arizona, where he continues to bring the beauty that is the work of Dr. Ida P. Rolf to his new home. During his first structural integration session, he anticipated relief from chronic pain and disability due to sports injuries, physical labor, and an auto accident, but he was in awe with a new sense of comfort, relaxation, and natural mode that resulted. As his body, mind, and spirit were awakened through the holistic manipulation of fascia and alignment of the body structure, David was inspired to begin a new life journey, he began his training at the Rolfe Institute in 1976-1977 and during the time when Dr. Ida P. Rolf was alive and rolfing, and structural integration were synonymous. The first session would lead him to becoming the seventh rolfer in the state of Colorado, practicing the work for 45 years, and being an instructor for 33 years. David has been one of the most well-respected and sought-after teachers of SI nationally and internationally. In today's conversation, we spoke about David's experience as a Rolfer in the 70s, how to build a practice as an SI practitioner. There's a lot of great stories and antidotes from a practitioner with over 40 years of experience who studied with Dr. Rolf, Amrit Hutchins, Peter Melkier, and many other original Rolfer's. We talk about technique versus process, David's concept of persona, seeing and body reading, and a ton more. So with that, let's begin our talk. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Buddy. How are you
0: doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm great, been, thanks.
0: We've had people reach out to us wanting to hear an interview from you. So you were you've been sought out with our audience. Okay. So that's that's pretty cool
2: um uh years ago i was going to put on my business card i didn't do it but i was going to put by luck or appointment only Mm. and uh you know just not that easy i I, i've never advertised um uh to speak of and you know i've had a a full practice since 1977 so Mm. um you know because um you know the best advertising is sending satisfied people out onto the street yeah uh, i've been fortunate to send out a few
0: what would you say your, your secret, what's there, your uh, SI secret to stay in business? I know a lot of newbies would love to hear
2: <laughs> well, the first how to make is, a living. Yeah, um, it, 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 that's an interesting question because I'm starting up a practice again here in Tucson after 46 years or 45 and a half years of, of doing the work. Um, it's, it's, it's a different uh, terrain now. And so um, it's a very interesting process and I'm making inroads into the area. So that's, uh, that's the good news. But um, the, I, I think the most important thing is to believe in yourself and believe in the work. You either believe that the work works or you don't. And, um, and I have to say that not everybody has received the transmission, if you will, of the mm-hmm. work in their own body, mm-hmm. so that they got the message of what this work is and how it works, and how it is a transformational process, That's... personal transformation. Yeah. And and um, uh, I I was thinking about the, this. Uh, tangentially a little bit which is that you know part of what we do in in the basic series is that we open the doors of perception uh that people have shut down and uh and it it gives people an opportunity to wake up and and um uh, some people are already on overload so they don't they're not so clear they want to feel more but um uh you know Easing the the stress, let's call it the the subcutaneous stress is a huge thing. And just, you know, doing a great first hour actually has transformational qualities for people. So I think the first thing is that um, everybody has a right way to be worked. And it's incumbent upon me as practitioner to um, not impose what I think they need on them, but to, if you will, um, unwind, start to unwind what um, is in there to be found. You know, like a a, a lot of sculptors will say, "Well, I, I I just revealed what was in the stone," and um, the same is true, I think, of this work, which is um, we're revealing what's inside the the matter um, uh, for people to um, wake up with or or not, is depending on what they do. So, I think the important thing is that. We as practitioners remember that the work is um, it's an inquiry into the human condition, as opposed to just a set of goals. And um, and um, I I always think that uh, what we want to get in touch with is the um, uh, principles and the intentions of the series and uh, of the individual sessions. And that um, you know, Dr. Rolf used to call the work. Personal structural integration. So the personal part got dropped off somewhere along the line. But that trinity of words says something that just structural integration or just Rolfing doesn't say. Dr. Rolf used to say that uh, uh, the word Rolfing was flattering, but I don't tell nobody nothing. And uh, and uh, so it's it it creates a vagary for interpretation. And uh, of of what the work is, Uh, but she herself was not vague about what the work is. So um, really. Learning the basic series principles and intentions um, is so critical to making a living and doing this work. And 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 if somebody devotes five years. To learning the work, just just learn this work. You don't have to add craniosacral. You don't have to add visceral. You don't have. In fact, I I commend that you don't. Um, and you just learn this. It's like, you know, um, it's like learning a new instrument, and you have to you have to practice. It takes time to practice and and do the work. And and by practicing, you gain more confidence. The the first You know, good person that you send out the room, out the door is, uh, you know, it's like wow, that's cool. That was great. I love this stuff, and and um, you know, that love continues to grow with uh, with every session. And so, um, uh, you know, looking back, (laughs) uh, I used to do a lot of uh, demos, public demos, and stuff like that. That's not a bad thing to do in terms of getting, among other things a wrap down about what it is that you're doing. And I think you should have a a a one minute, a five minute, and a 10 minute discourse if somebody asks you what what it is that you do, that you can be able to tell them intelligently uh, more or less what you do within the parameters of how you understand the work. And then um, uh, you know, it either Engages with this person or doesn't engage with that person. But learning to talk about the work is critical. Uh, how you talk to a physician about it is real different than how you talk to uh, the garbage man or or you know, somebody who um, um, somebody who does some kind of manual labor or one thing and another. So and how you um, uh, talk to somebody who is uh, do does. Um, uh, computer work all the time. they need to hear the message a little bit differently than um somebody else. So learning how to tailor your message to the recipient, the beneficiary of of what you have to say and what you have to offer um uh, in in doing the work is um, is critical um I had the great grace at one time in nineteen seventy seven to do a um a, a public demonstration in Grand Junction, Colorado, and uh, about 120 people showed up. I was blown away because uh, Grand Junction is a bit of a backwater. Anyway, a lot of people were interested and uh, had 40 people sign up. Holy cow. Now I got to travel to Grand Junction. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, I. Um, it's a wonderful book. Wait,
0: I, that's I, that's pretty impressive. Grand Junction in 77 to first get that many people to show up to hear this very vague role thing and, and then to have people committed.
2: Yeah. You know, the other thing that's important to remember for new practitioners is that we're educators. So if, if, if you think that, oh, it's it's all about the manipulative work, then um, you've, you've missed something significant. Uh, because it's, we have to communicate what we do, both through our hands and, and through the series, as well as out our mouth. So that um, people, uh, uh, I like to think of it that I need to create an invitation for people to want to come. I think they already want to come. They just don't know it. Right. They haven't they haven't heard it the right way yet. And so um, um, I'm creating an invitation for people to uh, find out something about themselves. But also, you know, part of it is uh, moving, uh, breathing, living a little more easily. Um, a lot of people are looking for palliation of symptomatic uh, aches, pains and strains. But uh, on the way, something else happens. And, um, and, 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 part of that is, you know, changing one's perspective and opening the doors of perception so that, uh, people start to have a different experience, uh, of, uh, in physicality.
1: Well, I will say we are out the doors running, <laughs> editing the beginning of this will be fun because we just kind of started going, but this is all, this is all great. And really I, um it aligns with so much of, of what we already have talked about with other, other people. And I know what Nikki and I feel a lot is true about this work. And, you know, I just had two clients this morning who I saw and uh, like everything you're saying is, is true. One of them was able to meet her so well uh, and lead her on. And the other one, I was able to meet her as, as much as I was able to to meet her with where, where she was. But the key that, that wanted her to come back was not that I fixed her shoulder because it wasn't possible <laughs> to fix her shoulder, but it was about educating. It was a lot of what, you know, were you aware of this? Can you notice this? And she started to have her own, oh, I wasn't aware of that before building her own education on of her own experience. And and that's why I, when, when she did leave, and I, I truthfully was not as content with what I would have liked to have seen with what I, what would have gone going in. But I also knew that there's a bigger story there that I'm not going to be able to get to. in in one day Um, It's going to take time. And that education piece for her was, was really the takeaway. Uh, That's that's, in fact, I was talking with a friend just before this about, you know, how people don't do homework a lot of the time we give them exercises. They don't do homework. And I never thought of it this way, but I think this will tie in which is that I said the homework I, that I, that I give them is inquiry. It's having them feel themselves in a different way. And once you start to feel that or notice that you, you do it, whether you're, you're trying to do it or not, it, it happens. And that's, that's where a lot of, for me, where a lot of this education comes in is how am I feeling in my body in this, in this world?
2: You know, in, in a, in a... Standard, (laughs) whatever that is, first hour. Um, uh, Peter Melchior used to say uh, he's never seen anybody do uh, a first hour that's too superficial, and um, uh, uh, which is an interesting uh, notion. And the other part is that he always used to say, you know, reach in, find the level that you that 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 meets you, and that you meet it, and then back out just a little bit to give the body space to change. And I think it's um, uh, one of our uh, challenges is to think that, you know, I'm doing all the work. (laughs) I'm I'm the practitioners and and um, there's folly in that. And um, uh, somewhere down the line, um, uh, that attitude gets a good dose of um, a, a, of humble, because um, we're we're I think less important than we like to think that we are, um, and 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 yet you know we we are a pole by which um uh some kind of catalyzing pole that uh it becomes a reference for people and um they get to start to move a little bit differently but briefly back to first hours is that a lot of people in a first hour actually take a breath for the first time in whenever and that in itself is inspiration First, uh, first session is an inspiration and an invitation to be able to breathe, to walk, and 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 move in a different way, and to occupy the space of the body and and the presence um, in a different way. Uh, sets sets up a new set of options, let's say um, um some that may or may not be on somebody's horizon and some that are clear over the horizon still and uh, you know that initiates uh the 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 starting of the the process of the basic series It's huge which happens just in a first hour and we tend you know it's easy to, to downplay that but um you know people have never been touched, the way that we do. There isn't another process like this. And um, uh, you know the genius of Dr. Rolf uh, was to, you know, put it into a format, a series that uh, gives us an opportunity to uh, uh, touch people's lives in in a new way, in a way they haven't been touched before and to allow for change to uh, to happen in their um, their life, their relationship and everything else. Huge. Huge. I think it's easy for people to, uh, especially uh, I'll say the word newbies, uh, to think that it's uh, just about um, you know the physicality of the work, and um, uh, w- one has to expand one's horizons. Doctor Rolf used to say, um, "I'm working on all levels of layers of uh, the human condition, but the body's the only thing I can get my hands on." So um, um, since the body is the only thing that we can get our hands on, that's what we get. that's the medium that we work through to, uh, uh, to touch the being. So part of what she used to say is that, you know, there's something that we talk about in this work is was the core sleeve relationship. And a lot of people um, have. um uh, tried to make it about um, extrinsic musculature, myofascial structures, and intrinsic myofascial structures, and that is one way to look at it. But she used to say that um, uh, the sleeve is the human, and the core is the being. So we work through the home, the the human to awaken the being, or, or the 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 being's experience inside the body, and uh, um, you know that. That notion has fallen way into the background uh, of, uh, I think, modern presentation. But it's still part of the work. It's, uh, uh, and that's... That's, nice. That's part of what we do. You know, what Dr. Rolf also said is uh, that um, uh, the work is for the practitioners <laughs> as much as, as, as anybody else, you know, because it's it's a, um, it's an inquiry into the human condition and it, it helps us to uh, grow in ways that we couldn't imagine ourselves growing into, for, and toward um, uh, unless we, A, got the work, received the work received it in such a way that uh, there was a transformational quality that happened inside our own body and being the way we went. I like this stuff. If I could, if I could give one person what I got out of that, my basic series, you know, that would be really great. And if I could give two, that would even be even better. And um, you know, it's, it's with that kind of inspiration that I still work. You know, I I still love and revere my original uh, practitioner, Don Jones. I love
0: that, how you, um, how you tapped into that, because I teach uh, intro to SI to the advanced curriculum for the local Boulder Massage School, and I always lead into, you know, first kind of give a little history of what Rolfing is and really spend time on talking about how Dr. Iderolf how she created this and in in my perspective, I think there's some importance of the timing of it all, of being the human potential movement and the importance of that in that because sometimes with the, you know, when you're when you're teaching the class, you're I to me it's important, yes, that we're that I'm giving the angle of what SI is coming from more the principal's point of view and that it, yes, we're working with the structure and everything like that, but it's really kind of discovering who we are in this body and, and really spending time with that. So the class is a lot of experientials of feeling into themselves and um, Yeah, and just kind of coming back to to really understand what SI is, is to really understand yourself as a body. And then you use yourself and that experience to be able to understand what you're going to do with someone else. I'm really kind of moving away from the idea. I mean, I don't talk. I don't talk about I mean, I mentioned that there's the 10 series and all that. Certainly not teaching it. And, and it's always interesting because the students sometimes are coming, they're looking for techniques. They're looking for like fun ways to uh, do the structure. And so it's always, it's a little nervous racking for me because, you know, I want to set up a successful class for them, but also, um, yeah, that they have to, (laughs) they really want to understand SI. They got to take a deep dive in their own structure.
2: Well, and their own experience, and and part of what this work does. Uh, there was a great philosopher back in the late '60s and '70s. His name was Alan Watts, and he wrote a book called "The Wisdom of Insecurity." And um, uh, you know, it, people who are always relying on technique, um, I, I think, may have insecurity issues uh, because um, the, you know you can you can you can lean on technique, but it loses sight of process. And uh, the, the work is more much more of a process than a technique. There's there's a gazillion techniques involved in 81 session, but which one should I do now? What you know, what, what should I do this time? Whoa, what do, And um, uh, uh, you know, the work forces us to be creative and um, and uh, so our our artistic um, urge, our urge toward, work as it starts to come forward as uh, technique dissipates. And, um, you know, that's a beautiful thing. Peter Melchior used to say that we have to remember that uh, the process that we're involved in is life itself and that um, uh, uh, that when somebody comes to us. They're letting us, shall we say, slide into their life for for a few moments and um, and then eventually, you know, we'll leave the flow, the river of their life. But um, uh, the work invites us to start to look at what is life itself. And uh, so, there, you know, there are very broad questions that are involved in this work. And Dr. Rolf, you know, was was. Occupied. With those things, both um, exoterically and esoterically, she she didn't leave anything else, you know, like like um, um, she would say, you know, metaphysics is just physics we don't understand. And, um, you know, that was pretty radical, the thing to say back in the 70s. So, um, um, you know, we're we're expanding the field of understanding about what the work is, as well as we uh, learn and grow, finding out um, who we are. And, you know, I, I was uh, I um, was one of the authors in the John Lodge project. And um, and, um, you know, one of the things John reminds us of is that, um, you know, our work as practitioners is to, is to be uh, consciously aware of how we're moving through time, space, gravity and matter. And uh, and uh, that's a full time project. Doesn't just let us off the hook, you know, uh, and um, so it's demanding us, if you will, uh, to to be in, increasingly awake, and um, yeah, in our own um, somatic experience, and and um, and that's part of the transmission that we put into the body and the being, and hangs out on our table for a little while, you know, uh, you know uh, more happens in the session that is um beyond description than that which is describable so you can talk about you know uh, hydrating the, the 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 fascia uh however that fascia has been holding on for some kind of personal reason i've, I've coined a word for this it's it's the, the persona. how the personality shapes the soma and so once we start to um, and, and and that includes traumatic experience, our relationship with trauma in our life. But um uh starting to get um uh, breath and vitality into these uh, stuck and if you will, dark corners of um, physical existence um is um is um not out of the question about what this work is about. That certainly wasn't for Dr. Rolf. She was she was um she was um into spiritual growth uh, herself so people don't come to me for spiritual growth but um, you know a little bit might rub off in the in the in the process so david
1: i mean this is all amazing stuff and we could we we could take nuggets and nuggets out of this and and dissect and spend meditations on that and maybe we'll come back to that I, i guess something i'm very curious about and i'm sure people listening are is like. What brought you to this work? How did you find Rolfing, become a Rolfer?
3: What was that process like for you? Um, in
2: 1964... I was a junior in high school, and I took an experimental class called psychology, and um, we didn't even have a textbook. That's how new that was in in terms of uh, shall we say old school uh, reality, and and uh, so we we subscribed to a new magazine called Psychology Today. And in that, um, and, and then we, you know, we would read the articles and discuss them and one thing and another. And in that, uh, uh, that year, there were three articles by, um, a man named Sam Keen. He's a, he's a philosopher. And, um, um, uh, it was about it, it. The article was entitled Sing. The body electric. And it was about his experience at the hands of Dr. Rolf. And as I read that, those articles, the, the letter stood off the page about four inches. And I was like, Well, that's cool. That's interesting. Wow. Didn't happen on any of the other articles or anything else. So I felt t- touched by the word Rolfing and the, you know, just as, as an entree. In the fall of 1966, I was in a nasty um, auto accident. I was a passenger in a car that flipped at about, um, uh, oh, we were probably doing about 50 miles an hour and rolled the car and landed on the roof. And the roof was on the dashboard of the car, but it was a 57 Ford, no seatbelts. So... I landed on my head in the footwell and the other guy landed on top of me. So I had a closed head injury and uh, and a pretty nasty case of whiplash. And then um, uh, cut to 1973, um, I had uh, and, you know, 1970 is when. Peter and Emmett, who were the first practitioners, rolfers, if you will, um, uh, moved to Boulder. Uh, and I had some um, uh, friends who were starting to get work from them and uh, they were raving about it. I lived down in the southern part of the state at the time. And um, and uh, I was really stoved up by that time from the whiplash and also sports injuries. I wrestled up in the college. Um, and, um, and so... Um, um, when, um, I heard about this guy, Don in Santa Fe, I, but uh, my first, uh, actually my first, um, uh, session, I, uh, was so excited, um, uh, I could to get a ride. So I, I hitchhiked 150 miles one way to get the work. And the first session was like a revelation for me. And actually within about 10 minutes, I started having a feeling of knowing what was coming next. And I started to see colors which I th- think now was uh, seeing my aura from the inside out. And, um, 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 you know, I took uh, I took a, a breath for the first time in a long time. And in the process, I got an inch taller at uh, the age of 25 and I got taller than my dad. So I started being able to see over my dad's head. And that was, you know, that that It's an interesting piece of the story, which is that, you know, we change structure, which changes posture. And if you think of posture as being like attitude, you know, Russia's posture toward the Ukraine is thus and such. um, That um, that, um, you know, all kinds of attitudes have the potential uh, to 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 fade into the background with the emergent quality that starts to take place within the body or if you will core lift and core experience so um uh that was a revelation to me and then um in those days um you had to um uh, get letters of recommendation from your Rolfer, uh, your advanced Rolfer and your uh, patterner, uh, Judith Astin, uh, was, did patterning at that time. So you had to have three recommendations from practitioners in the field at that time. And that was to get in to see have get an interview to be able to uh to uh, uh find out if you got into a class and we did reject people in those days um and so um so uh, anyhow um uh, it was a you know it was a sorting out process i had to go back to college and uh, and finish school to be able to uh get in for the interview as well which gave me a chance to uh, study anatomy physiology kinesiology stuff like that and uh, uh, but I you know I just um, always felt like wow this is what I want to do if I could do this stuff this would be great and I always thought that it would be a great stepping stone to whatever's next and it still is <laughs> you know it keeps unfolding before me life keeps unfolding before me and uh, and um, and uh, and opening if you will um, and uh, yeah I think that's the nature of Something that happens by by virtue of doing this work.
0: I that's very similar to me. That um, I had gotten Rolf in college, loved it, and then, but it wasn't it wasn't something I immediately thought that that was what I was gonna do. But then I, you know, a lot of different things happen after I finished college. I put around for a little while, but Rolfing kept on coming back to me, and I was like, well, you know, I'll just, I'll go to the school. And then there'll be a stepping stone for, for what's next. And because yeah. I eventually, I thought I was going to go to occupational therapy school, but I was like, oh, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do a bunch of school right now, but I want to do something. I'm going to get in the field. And then I never went to a T school <laughs> and I've still been doing this for 20 something years.
2: Right. And you know um, what we do is unique. And um, that's part of the challenge of talking to people in the public about it, uh, which is that um, it, it's it's so unique it, because what we're what we we're talking about is a perceptual phenomena uh, that to somebody who hasn't had it. And so it makes it very difficult to talk about. The perceptual kinds of things that um, uh, that happened, the, the enhancement of um, perception, um, the doors of perception opening the way I perceive myself, how I move in time, space, gravity and matter. These are huge, huge things that that, um, you know, all the normal people out there um, have a very difficult time relating to because those of us who if you will, break out of our shell of normal, um, uh, then um, it opens up a, a whole world of uh, potential, as Andrew was saying, human potential. And we become the experiment and the experience. You know, in the uh, 1978 uh, Rolf Institute annual meeting, and it was Dr. Rolf's last annual meeting, but she sat up in front of us. And it was, uh, uh, in those days, the Institute was over corner of third and Pearl and we were sitting in the uh, classroom back there and it was about a hundred of us and and uh, which was most of the population of practitioners in those days and and um uh she sat up front of the room and uh, was with her glasses on and her magnifying glass roses in her hair uh, and um she was looking at a legal pad and we were all online very extrinsic experience of the line and um but um uh, she says, that's another thing. I've started an experiment and you're it and we're still it. We don't necessarily know that we're it, but, you know, we're we're um, we're an experiment and an experience in process that. um um, you know, round and round and round she goes, and where she stops, nobody knows. We're 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 opening in a way um, that, um, um, like my parents would never have conceived or uh, allowed something like that uh, to happen. The the kind of opening that's intrinsic with this work that we as practitioners are busy embodying. You know, we we we're embodying something, and most. You know, the average folks, which is fine, aren't aren't looking toward that experience of embodying something uh, more than their persona.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that 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 little pause is both Nikki and I trying to figure out who's going to talk next because we're both also. I'm. Mean, I, I I'd say the 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 quandary with this talk is I almost don't want to ask. I just kind of want to sit back and just really. Uh, listen and absorb because there's so much being said here that is uh, one, how I fear or feel or where I've been moving towards. Because I, I started off more as a technique person. That's maybe what, what brought me in was more of the physical. And then I've shifted over the years to to more of this so hearing someone speak what <laughs> what you agree with is always nice <laughs> uh, especially when it's said in such a such a way and then with all the um the accoutrements the, the action like you know it's one thing for me to say something it's another thing you know it's one thing for me to talk about Ida or Peter Peter um, I'm I'm talking second or third hearsay and when you're speaking about it it's direct experience which is, it just adds a lot more, uh, a lot more to
2: it. So I don't actually have a question right now. I'll see if okay. does. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I was fortunate. Um, uh, so, um, I audited with, uh, Emmett in 1976, spring of 1976. And I met Dr. Rolfe at the 1976 annual meeting, which was at the garden of Allah, uh, in San Francisco. And, um, it was a, um, well, it was a retreat center and, and, um, And uh, I was walking along and there were a lot of people around. And I, you know, my view is when you have a a great teacher and she was an esteemed teacher for me, you know, don't bother them with stupid questions. And so I was, you know, not uh, trying to impose on her because I felt like. There was, you know, plenty of plenty on her for running the show there. And uh, she pointed her crooked index finger at me and she goes, you there, young man, come over here. And um, so I did. And I I sat down and it was like sitting in a spotlight uh, that had a breeze to it as well. And um, so um, she asked me, you know, who I am and where I was in my training one thing and another. And uh, we talked for, I like to say, a short eternity. It it could have been 20 minutes. uh, But um, um, and um, when we got done, she said, I want you in my last class. And um, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to be in that class because they'd already filled it with uh, every, everybody had already paid and it was starting in a month. Um, I kept saying, so make a new space, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, uh, it was, it was a, it, it was a double class. It was an advanced training concurrent with the uh, uh, training. So there were a lot of people in the room. So I actually did sit in on a number of classes and, and um, uh, you know, being around, you um, uh, Dr. Rolfe was a wonderful thing for the first thir- 13 years of my practice. I, I really towed the line, so to speak with uh, Emmett style work and one thing another, I, 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 I worked almost exclusively with my fingertips um, a little bit of uh, hard elbow work and one thing, another, and then I met Peter and uh, you know, uh, I actually Peter did my advanced series, but I, um, uh, I got to hang out in the classroom with him and we became teaching protégés for 14 years. And I was really honored with that. And um, um, Peter was so difficult to interpret. What the hell was he doing because there wasn't anything linear about it. And um, over the years, what I realized is that Emmett always worked the line, the line, the line, the line, the line and gravity. And uh, Peter worked uh, the base of support and how it is supports the space, which are two really radically different uh, uh, ways of working that. So Peter worked the space to create the opportunity for a central vertical axis to express itself. And Peter worked. I mean, and Emmett worked on. You know, let's get that line wakened up in there and uh, make it. You know, make it come alive, so to speak. So, so um, and and Peter was a very soft uh, touch, and 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 so it was uh, really beautiful to watch people transform under his hands, and um, and so. Um, Over the years, you know, we got to teach a number of classes together. I don't know, maybe eight. And, um, you know, it was um, it was grace. And uh, he was Peter, uh, uh, Dr. Rolfe's first teacher. And um, and uh, he was a poet. So he was a a man of not too many words. And he was uh, mostly real quiet. And uh, but he you know, he didn't waste his words. He didn't waste his breath. He he. He 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 moved people with eloquence and um, and and I think that the eloquent the eloquent aspect of the work has kind of faded into the background and um, because it is elegant, eloquent uh, medium of transmission about something of the human experience that is not we don't encounter every day. there that's more ponderables for you
0: huh yeah um i echo with andrew it's kind of um kind of lost i have a lot of questions but also in, in a moment of pause but i think the question i have is really on point with what we're talking about and i actually i reached out to um, somebody who had requ- requested to have you on the podcast, and I was like, well what, what's so interesting? What do you want to hear more about? And they mentioned um this person I believe has received sessions from you, and um they were talking about your ability to see and and like your body reading. And I think I would love to hear more about that because it sounds like you know you're kind of you're coming to the work more about the human potential and not so much viewing, doing a body reading off of biomechanical imbalances. So how, how, what's your body reading like? What's your style?
2: Well, you know, that's a, that, that is a great question because um, uh, that's what seeing has been reduced to. Because not too many people are seeing and, and, you know, Dr. Rolfe was always about seeing and she, she, you know, she, she saw through people. Um, And, and, um, um, you know, there's there's countless stories about how she would um, be looking in one direction and telling somebody behind her, Oh, you know, what you're looking for is, you know, under the third finger of your left hand or something. And so what I look at is uh, in terms of seeing is instead of just being a visual, an ocular uh, phenomenon, um, uh, consider the possibility that um, uh, your heart uh, can see more clearly than your eyes. And uh, uh, so part of it is to see where is this person in their in their larger process, their evolutionary process? Um, Are they. Is this person real stuck in, you know, whatever pattern or one thing and another? Um, uh, you know, you have to look at. You have to see what kind of structural patterns um, have been ingrained into their system. But then uh, the other part is what's what's that deeper layer that's taking place inside uh, body and being and, um, and 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 how might they be able to a- evolve a bit? in terms of waking up their heart um, and, and uh, ideally being able to listen to what their heart is telling them. So um, uh, uh, seeing is, uh, is a, is a whole body phenomenon, you know, it's, it's looking with the whole body, not just the eyes. And, and then that's, you know, I, I find that there's, uh, you know, resonance and dissonance, shall we say, that can take place with that, that way of, of uh, looking and seeing. But it's, uh, for me, it's a very intuitive and telepathic process. And, um, and then last but not least, um, uh, I trust my hands implicitly, and that you know might be back to that earlier question about new practitioners uh, in terms of trust. Uh, but my hands like to go where they need to go, and so um, as I as I look at um, the session at hand and what looks like needs to be done, I like to ask a question, which is uh, where to begin, because where I wherever I start. Uh, changes the whole session. It it shapes, if you will, the uh, the content, the context, and the uh, uh, creativity of the session. And um, and and if there's a series, the whole series. So I asked that question of myself. You know, where 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 to begin with this person? And that, of course, depends on the session itself. You know, the context. If it's a second session, you know, it's different than a first session. But um, uh, so briefly, I I look at where this person is and how they are and how they are in their own body. Are they comfortable in their own skin or are they doing something else? You know, uh, I want I want to get people more comfortable in their own skin. And um, and then that can progress to something deeper uh, in terms of their experience of uh, being in their own skin and how they are there so so um you know uh, using the heart and the soma as uh, like uh, 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 the body uh, is a um uh, profound sensor you know we have no shortage of nerve endings in our hands but the same is true of our whole body and um when 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 and as the body becomes more open uh, to, shall we say, uh, receptive to feeling all kinds of things, then I, you know, I get subtle cues off of other, off of people's bodies as well, and I trust those as well. So um, you know, um, the technique of body reading is a technique of reading bodies, and um, and it requires interpretation. Right. So so what that part of what that does is that shoots you into your head and your intellect. Um, you know, how do I how do I shape this? Um, you know, how do I intellectually engage in this particular process? Whereas there is, I believe, always a, a deeper uh, meaning to 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 the session in the series uh, and, and that, um, um, you know, Part of that is also transmitting from the heart rather than just the intellect. I hope that helps.
0: It does. It totally does. And um, and I can't help but mention how that how that that skill really has to be refined because I think you can easily it could be a slippery slope of as the body reader bringing ego in and being like i know what's going on with you and you just don't know it yet yeah and um so i appreciate i appreciate you talking and talking from from the heart and just i feel like uh, what how what would you say though to to people who are possibly shifting their their lens of seeing From more, from less of a body mechanic way to a looking at their soma and their the the more of the person and not their parts. How 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 to keep do how to do it and refine it and not and and not slip into a, a place of ego. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, the big E raises its ugly head again. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's. Um, it's always
3: lurking to raise its head. And and um, uh, so. For for those folks who are
2: um, thinking about changing. Uh, uh, I think that again, it comes back to the question of trust. Uh, your heart is an intelligence uh, beyond your brain, beyond the intellect. There's there's a very interesting there's a book that I really like by an author. That his name is Joseph Chilton Pierce. and he 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 he, he wrote a book called um, The Biology of Transformation. And um, he said um, uh, when the heart serves the brain. We have a very different um, experience than when the brain serves the heart. So we impose the intellectual, shall we say, tension um, on heart and lungs, the cardiopulmonary system. Um, and and um, so it, it's not able to actually relax and resonate within the body. Um, and um, we can we can move to that. We can we can we could start to open um, the, the the bodily experience, you know, shed, if you will, uh, our fears, you know, because if, if technique is for anybody who's not feeling real secure with the work, then that's a fear, you know. and 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 that's something to to dissipate, dissipate within the body. Part of what the, you know the UCLA study in 1976 with Rosalind Brier, was uh, 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 Rosalind was was um, an aura reader who was. Um, she was she was hooked up with a mic, but uh, it was the first time that um, an aura reader was. Was um, uh, proven to be accurate. So the electromyographic readings that were acquired in that study were um Completely coherent with the color frequency changes that that um, Rosalind was was reading um, throughout the entire ten series, and so um, what we know is that that changes the whole field as well. You know the the energetic field around us that you know we're a field as well as a body, and um, and um, so there's a lot of subtle changes that take place in the field, the subtle bodies, if you will, and you know. Um, you can you can study those as well Uh, there's you know that that falls into the mystical category but um, I'm a firm believer that Dr. Rolfe was a mystic first and a scientist after uh, in part because she was studying yoga uh, and tantric yoga um, back in the 19 teens before she you know got her doctorate so she was she was she was already you know um, on a course or a path to um, uh, bring those two together, but the world wasn't ready to hear about the mystical part of her uh, journey. And I think that um uh, that 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 is a, you know critical part of how she developed the series as well. You know, she she got inspiration and uh, to develop the series. The very step of someone uh, stepping away from not just doing palliative relief work is huge. And, and, and uh, this, the step from just uh, oh, like an osteopath or a chiropractor, well, I just do this, this, and this, and then, you know, come back in a week or two or whatever it is, but to, to, to evolve, to weave a coherent series that um, uh, has a beginning, a middle, and an end is a really powerful thing. And that's the other thing I'd say to new practitioners is trust the series. Trust the series as you learn it, which is to say, as it teaches you, the sessions that you have the most difficult where difficulty doing are the ones that you need to learn the most. Uh, they have they have special things to teach you about yourself as well as you know, other people and other bodies. And then, you know, That uh, that evolves, um, you know, your quality of work as well.
1: David, can I can I add on uh, maybe another way of of wording something and see what your take is on this in regard to that, which is uh, in regards to body reading? I think of when I first started, I was very much what all the angle of the elbow and all that sort of stuff. And even today, one of my clients start to walk. And she said, oh, I'm really familiar with this, you know, because I go to the PT and they have me me do this. And then, you know, I asked her what she was noticing and she she gave me everything. And she said, what are you noticing? And I said, "Uh, I'm not really looking for anything. In fact, I'm looking for what isn't seen. I'm looking for the sense of of what what am I not seeing, whatever that may be. Uh, And that is going to inform me about about that, and that the, the not seeing is a seeing of of sorts
2: yeah, you know um a, a variation on the theme is to uh, not look directly at a person you know we 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 tend to go, oh, I gotta focus on this and uh, uh, but to soften the eyes um, as well as the brain and um look. To the side, so have use a little bit of peripheral uh, vision as uh, another way to see things and see what you see, because that there's there's something to be seen from there as well. But we tend to think that we have to just focus, if you will, straight ahead, and and um, there's there's um, there's a lot more to be seen there. And I'm always interested in how is the spine distributing weight. You know how how is how is it free or how is it, um, uh, lashed uh, to uh, the rest of the systems of the body, um, and, and compounded by the gravitational influence. Um, how is all of that, um, ex- expressing itself in this particular body, you know, the body at hand and, um, and, um, you, you know, you can get really involved with the uh, arm angles and one thing and another, but, um, um, uh, you know, Peter used to say, "Look at what's right and make it better," which is real different than look at what's wrong and make it better. And and um, there, as, as Peter used to say, you know, if they walked in the door, there's a lot more right going on than wrong, and um, uh, so you need to uh, entertain that and, and um, see how you can make that better, how you, how you can get that uh, those aspects of uh, physicality to start to support the system so that it becomes, the body becomes a more self-supporting system that doesn't have, shall we say, an imbalance of tension holding it together. But rather that there starts to be a fluidity in the system that allows the bones to float in the, uh, should we say, um, ocean of fascia that is starting to not just be a tensional uh, membrane, but also, um, uh, you know, as as we hydrate it, then part of what happens is it changes, uh, you know, the, the, the fascial network is a three-dimensional uh, memory matrix. Couldn't recite a fact, but um, it remembers our relationship with events. Traumatic and otherwise. And so, um, uh, you know, that's, that's, I think part of the seeing is how, hmm, how is, how is the, all of this stuff pieced together? How is this person parsed themselves together to be able to stand up? Everybody who comes in the door is at some level in survival mode. So, how, to, how can we move them beyond survival mode into something that's more comfortable? And that is a huge gift.
1: Yeah, and even even I'll add in that the, the, there's um that peripheral vision is well, when you take it in with peripheral vision, uh, our nerve the the that's parasympathetic nervous system versus sympathetic, you know, fight or flight is actually focused. So when we can bring in peri- perifer- uh, per- peripheral, peripheral. Uh, thank you. I was to say peri- per- peripheral vision, and we're not staring at our clients. They can also not be stared at, which allows them to be less in a direct tensioning membrane because they're able, their, their nervous system can say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm less on stage in a way. Right. And, and it continues to, to, to influence each other, to allow them to actually be in a place where they can be less held together in tension.
2: It's, yeah, uh, that reminds me of back to the question of seeing is that, um, um, seeing is also listening as well so i i try to listen to my clients uh what their footfall sounds like when they're when they're coming down the hall that says something about their you know the attitude that they're bringing into the room um you know hypothetically it could be that uh oh man the traffic was so bad and blah 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 but you know the, the there's uh I, I try to listen to all of that and then um I watch how they move while they're in clothing. I don't uh, I that that I do most of my seeing and while they're in their clothing, because um, there's you know, there's not that, for lack of a better word, confrontational quality of um, take off your clothes and I'm going to look at you. And (laughs) and um, eventually we get to that. But, uh, um, you know, I, I do a lot of looking um, while they're still in their clothes to um, uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll have them stand and I'll look at them while they're in their clothes. Take your shoes off for sure. But, you know, the clothing really give the wrinkles in the clothes and stuff like that. Give us something of a different sense about the story of how how it is to be in that body. So um, uh, there's a lot of clues, if you will, uh, um, you know, in the gambling world, they'd say, oh, there's a lot of tells. And uh, so you start looking for those tells, those subtle messages uh, of how they are in their in, in their bodily experience, as well as what you see structurally. So seeing is more than just a structural phenomena. How has this person piece themselves together um, as as if you will, a fragmented person. Because that's effectively what the, you know, the term random body is like, is that the the various and sundry parts and pieces aren't com- communicating as a whole. It's, it's 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 a it's a bunch of parts that haven't been uh you know united or reunited. I had a great experience. Um, um I used to work in Madrid, Spain, and um I was walking in the Retiro, which was a large park that the royalty used to, to be in, but it's a national park now and in in the city center. And I was I had been out running and and um um so as as I was walking and cooling down, I saw a Rolf body, but it wasn't one of my people. And I was like, whoa, I, They've had good work. That's really cool. Uh, so I started uh, following this woman, and then uh, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's better. So I kind of sidled up next to her. Well, it turned out to be a woman named Lael Keen, who is, is you know, she's the daughter of Sam Keen, back to, you know, it's a circular world here. And, um, and uh I said oh Leo what are you doing here well she'd just been gotten done uh, uh teaching a class in Italy and was on a layover in uh, Madrid so she went to the Retiro to uh, to to walk so we had a really nice uh, reunion uh talking but you know there's a something that happens when somebody uh, organizes in verticality that is unique and different from everybody else who is if you will fighting with gravity there's something that happens when the positive pole and the negative pole come into vertical alignment, and um, and there's a different expression of in in, in the nervous systems uh, and the rest of the body in how we you know we move through time and space. So um, it's and gravity, and so it's a, it's it's a powerful thing that still is not well known in uh, in the world we we live in. And that's our job is to, you know, communicate um, so that people can hear what we're talking about so that it talks. It speaks to them at a deeper level than just uh, their intellect and um, um, kindles something in them so that they want to come in and uh, get some work.
0: I love that story of Lael King. She was my my teacher. I did my final phase with her. Yeah, I was able. I was one of the few who were able to do the dual certification. So I did it with her and Monica Kaspari in Brazil.
2: Oh, nice. Uh huh. So you were in uh, Rio or or Sao Paulo? Uh,
0: Flor Florinopolis. Oh, okay. So Great. yeah, I'm I'm not sure if that's where she lives, but uh, our training was on her compound, and it was amazing. It was beautiful, right down the road from the beach. It was like so perfect
2: somebody had to do it
0: yep (laughs) so um to be sensitive of everybody's time I would love to wrap with a question about um just would love to hear any kind of insight since you got to work you know with kind of the earlier pioneers you being a pioneer met Ida Dr. Iderolf. What what can you what what do you think is important to share that you have direct insight with or experience with? I like Good a little question. history
2: question. Um, you know, I I just did the um, legacy um, symposium with Yasi the other day, and um, uh, so we, there were four questions, and so I I I started writing one morning. I, med- I meditate daily, um, and. You know, before I received this work, I couldn't sit to meditate. There was too much um, uh, frenetic energy in the body and mind, you know, and that dates back to auto accident and, and whiplash and all kinds of stuff like that. But anyway, I was thinking about stuff and uh, I wound up writing um, uh, six pages, both both sides of what would be important to convey here. Um it it you know it's all important and um um i think the important thing is that we as practitioners need to re- receive a lot of work so that we are able to um shall we say clear our channels clear our stuff uh so that um we can uh, transmit something to uh, uh the public and the um
3: As as as
2: as we move more freely in, in our own bodily experience, uh, you know, we like to say you can't take anybody any further than you've gone in your own experience. So in a very uh, real uh, sense, if um, if I haven't cleared something in this experience, then somebody on the table isn't going to uh, let me touch that part in them. And there's a knowing that takes place. There's a communication in our fields uh, that takes place. So, um, uh, you know, we have this ongoing process of waking up and uh, and um, letting go of, um, you know, EGO and all of the other stuff so that um, we can we can express something more than, you know, um, um, just egoic stuff to the degree that we can become um, a field of peace and harmony within our own body and being, then that becomes part of our transmission. And, um, that is, that, that is something that is in our human potential. And, and, um, um, to transmit that to somebody is real different than just, um, shall we say technique, uh, to, uh, um, uh, you know, clear this pattern or clear that pattern. And so, um, uh, you know, I had a really neat experience. I used to trade work for 40 years with a guy named Jason Kane. Jason lived in Boulder. He was one of Ida's boys and uh, he was Emmett's assistant when I audited in 1976. And um, at one point, uh, we're working along. He was working on me and, and he was left handed. And he goes, you know, my right elbow is just killing me. I, I think I'm going to have to quit. I just... Really bothering me, and we talked about it before, but he never articulated it quite like that. And so I sat upright and I said, "Um, "Excuse me, that's not going to happen. I have vested interest in this, and um, you're not quitting." And he goes, "Great, you know, because I'm really starting to get this stuff. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm," and it's like, wow. Well, he was good in '76, and um, and so I think it's important to remember." or realize that this work has a very steep learning curve that doesn't abate with time. So the work is always uh, demanding us to learn uh, stuff that we wouldn't just learn intellectually or otherwise. And so, um, um, you know, the embodiment piece and clearing the SOMA is really an important piece of this work that, um, uh we really haven't articulated that well yet, I think, and at least for the public. And so um, uh, waking up, getting more comfortable in the body and then and, and then allowing uh, the body to be a self-sustaining, self-supporting organism uh, in the field of gravity is really powerful. And then last but not least, um, you know, the question arises, what is integration? <laughs> and uh, right. That's a big word it's a bunch of syllables and, uh, but it's a, you know, there's a, there's a principle here and, and part of it is, you know, for somebody to awaken and feel grounded and connected from the ground up uh, and from also the top down. Um, I was just teaching a class in Kauai um, last month and um, uh, you know, a practitioner with 20 some years of experience uh, got off the table and was like, Wow, I'm connected in a new way. This is really neat. They were connected when they walked in, right? But I just want to emphasize that that um there's always a deeper layer that's that that can open up and and that um, um, continuing to get work, because doing the work takes a toll on us, both as um, uh, uh, psychoemotionally. Uh, you know, you don't want to take that stuff home. That ain't mine. I don't want it. Uh, so, uh, you know, we have to continually clear, shall we say our cellular structure as well as our fish fascial matrix, uh, so that we can, um, you know, have good communication with the center, with our own center, you know, it can be the central vertical axis can be the line, but also, you know, it has to do with the container, the space of the body and how we, how we walk in the world. Hard work, but somebody's got to do it, and it's fun. There isn't anything else like it, you know. It's 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 grace. So, I hope that answered your question.
0: It does, yeah. No, I mean everything that you've been saying has been beautiful. I and I would agree. The work is really fun, and fun in a way that keeps you. I always feel challenged in a good way and as keeps me as a, as a learner. And um, there's one more question I want to ask, and I, I, and if you feel like it's going to just open up too big of a, too big of a bag, we can pass it, but would, do, do you think Ida would be happy in the evolution of the, how the Rolf Institute for structural integration? I mean, I know it's kind of packing in a lot of different perspectives of different schools and histories, but just going back to you, you're you're mentioning how Dr. Iderall came at this from more of a kind of a spiritual realm, but the way it was being taught was a little bit more like the 10 series and maybe a little bit more in the the SOMA. Um, Yeah. I'm just would love to hear what, what your thoughts would be if, if, We're honoring the work and evolving in the way that she
3: had attended.
2: Tough to tell what her intentions were, right? She started an experiment and we're it. And um, 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 uh, there's a lot of practitioners who think that she really wanted to um, uh, make an impact in the medical field. And that is possible. Uh, uh, the challenge, of course, with that branch of the tree is that um, is that um, one doesn't get totally absorbed by the medical model so that uh, one forgets one's own roots. Um, and, you know, the spiritual roots, if you will, of this work um, are are being written out of out of the narrative, in, in my opinion. Um, and. Um, so. Then you know there was there's some that thought that it was going to be you know an energetic component to, to to the work, and there would be a school for that. There were going to be three schools across the country was part of the you know primary vision, um, which um, um, has happened and not happened. And so um, uh, you know there's there's quite a few schools now. The important thing is that the work is out in the world, and and um, um um, I suspect that uh, Dr. Rolf has rolled over in the grave uh, more than once over um, all the stuff that has happened um, in her name. She said an interesting thing. This is a Peter story, and 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 I hope this is Germaine, But, but he said that she said when it came time to sign over the documents for um, the the use of her name. And the Rolf Institute, which she objected to for years, and um, uh, when she finally uh, signed for it, and and Peter and Rosemary Fitus were the two people who signed on behalf of the Rolf Institute. But she said that um, she said, you know, I'm, I'm I'm opposed to this because disagreements between my uh, uh, teachers now uh, are about um, their their discussions about. Um, Pieces of the work and and the importance of the work um, and their 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 opinion as well as informed con, um, uh, discussion. But she said, when uh, when um, when the institute becomes um, an institution, then those disagreements get uh, institutionalized, and that um, uh, power groups will form behind this tr- this teacher or that teacher. And she said. 10 Years after I die, there's going to be a split in the organization. 10 years after she died, there was a split in the organization, which you know was um painful, it was painful for everybody involved. So, um, uh, she wouldn't have um resonated with that, I think. But, um, you know, the 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 work is out in the world and um, it's touching people, and and um, um, what I would I think would be important. And Chancellor Tan said this at the legacy symposium is that, um, you know, we all need to be on the same page. All structural integrators need to have common purpose in design and and education uh, so that, um, you know, we're all working with the same stuff. And thereby, you know, we can have a more united presentation out in the world because um, uh, I think that not all of us are doing the same thing. Not that we have to do the same thing, but, you know, our foundation, our our base of support in the basic series, I think, is important for us all to represent in a good way and a consistent way. Because there's yeah. genius in the basic series. Yeah. You know, nobody contests that, you know, there's there's real genius in the basic series. And um, and um, so. um you know, carry that forward. And then one other piece that I wanted to add is that everybody who comes in has something to teach me. So for, you know, new practitioners and the like, and also, you know, old hands, um, um, you know, somebody, everybody's, everybody's here to teach me something. I don't know what it is when they first come in, but, um, you know, that's part of the unwinding as we learn and we develop a, a deeper working relationship Um, uh, then um, then we find out what that is. And, um, you know, it's a real blessing. And then it's grace that happens with doing this work every day or every day that we work.
3: Again, a pause from Nikki and I to just take it in. Yeah, thank you for that.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I, I hope this is helpful and beneficial for you and and, uh, well, that it's it,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's to some extent. I'll, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for Nikki, though. I think she probably feels similar. It is somewhat less about us, although we're a part of it, and we're we're not we're not doing this fully for us. We're doing it for the community. And one of the and this is one thing I spoke with you about uh in our pre-call is that. There's a lot of people and this actually ties in a bit to what you're saying. There's a lot of people who go to one school and know that school's story and they don't know the other stories for the same family. So there are cousins and cousins that we don't really know about. And some of the schools uh, sort of idolize certain people uh, and villainize other people. and and I was guilty of that. I'm still guilty. it. there are some schools I still just don't don't love. But but I, I think it's really important um, to, to at least get other to get voices in, out there and get get some other perspectives out there because otherwise we're, we're we don't grow. I mean, and, and there was there was something you said I thought was really important about the growth uh, was about like getting. Getting the work, continuing to get the work done, like that is something that isn't really talked about. And and I happened to figure that out accidentally, where I was just getting work because um, I needed something, and that like single sessions would expand, it was just like you know, and I would get work done. Um, by people who were in the same school, but also other schools, uh, and 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 maybe I didn't like everything about it, but it, it also informed me of more. Uh, and I also tried to get sessions from uh, some lineage holders, or maybe not lineage holders, but elders would be a better term. So yeah. like, yeah, senior you know. practitioners, senior practitioners, yeah. When I'm in, and I don't, I don't love them all, but like when I'm in Boulder, I try to see Jim Asher once at once when I'm there because. Mm-hmm. Jim's been doing this longer than I've been around. Not that that makes him great, but I just happen to really vibe with him. And I've seen other senior practitioners who I think, well, I like talking with them. But I don't want them to touch me again.
2: <laughs> right. right. You know, you, you still have to be discriminating. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are, um, let's just say they may not be on the same frequency you are, you know, they may not be moving in the direction that you are. And, and that's Okay. They're where they're at, you're where you're at, and yeah. we're all, in, we're all in flux.
1: Yeah, and 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 it's and there's teaching going on. Uh, first, all, so getting what I want doesn't always help me; <laughs> it just keeps me stuck in my own ideas. Um, but there's other, right. there's, there's, you know, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about doing that before. It's, it's all, it's all education. It's all, as we say, it's all gravy.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, I had the pleasure privilege of uh, trading with Emmett for ten years. And um, you know I I learned a lot <laughs> doing that. And so anytime you can um, sit and be with a senior practitioner and and um, maybe trade, if you can get a trade, that's great. And if you can work with uh, the same person consistently for some period of time, I uh, highly recommend that as well. Um, just so that you you know you have a consistency of the information, if you will um, that you're putting into the body, the transmission, if you will.
1: Yeah, that's actually what I'm trying to, that's more personal. I'm trying to find where I am right now to find an older practitioner. Someone who's been doing it more, more than 10 years. I mean, if I get even older than that, it'd be great. Uh, and, and just work together and kind of say, hey, let's,
2: let's continue to evolve each other in whatever, whatever we're doing. Yeah, co-evolve. What a concept. You know, but that's the great life. Yeah that's how we, that's how we move. And, and, uh, and, um, uh, when we're not stuck or Im- immersed, if you will, in our own limitations, then, uh, you know, somebody else has, moves us beyond that and it's profound learning.
1: Yeah. I want to, um, really just thank you for, 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 for I, I'm going to probably not even thank you for enough. Um, uh, I mean, not just the time and in, in the stories, but, but you, um, and thank you for for the work you've done and the and the and the life you've had that's that's brought it in this the people you're affecting because that's partly why we found you as well. And I just feel like I've gotten such a gift today. So I'm really good, grateful. Good. Yeah, grateful for that. And um yeah, I just want to thank you
3: for for being with us today.
2: Great, good pleasure. And um
3: you know, we can play again another time. Yeah, yeah. I
0: would like that.
1: Thanks, David. And yes, but we probably will need to, at some point, have another call. I actually really enjoy when we have people on for second second calls because it, um, it, it you know, the, this is just like the first hour is sometimes I I say is like a first date in some way. This is like a first date where we're you know getting to know each other a little bit here and there, uh, and the second one is another layer is kind of removed and we're grooving and, and diving and it's it's fun.
2: As well as should be, yeah. You know that's the potential is to have fun doing this instead of it being work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There's a process of revelation that takes place in doing this work and receiving this work and mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 in the communion of practitioners, um, just being able to um, talk back and forth like this. So yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it's really nice. So thank yeah. you for doing this. Well, our
1: pleasure. Thanks. It's been awesome. And um, we'll, we'll
2: see you when we see you. Indeed.
0: Thank you. Uh, thank you for emerging from your, your quiet spell.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's only been 46 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I'm, wow. I'm really good at weaving a cocoon. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, best yeah. of luck with your re- relocation in Tucson. Hopefully that works out better for you and your wife.
2: Oh, it's all good it's all good we're guided here so it's all good Mm -hmm. nice all right well thanks we'll see you soon dave nice to meet
1: you
0: thank you
2: bye Bye. my good pleasure bye bye bye
1: thanks for listening to us at touching into presence we hope you enjoyed today's conversation you can find out more about david at rolftucson.com if you enjoyed today's episode we'd appreciate it if you'd leave a positive review of the podcast and subscribe to it through the platform of your choice When you do this, it really helps other people find us and we greatly appreciate your support. We look forward to hearing back from you and seeing you on our next conversation at Touching Into
3: Presence. Bye for now.